Let's go ahead and take our Bibles, and we're going to go to the, the Gospel of John. And I was fighting this for a little bit here because I thought, I can't just always be in the book of John. Um, but uh, I just want to kind of go over John chapter 1 one more time tonight with some things that we kind of maybe, maybe I rushed over or didn't speak much about it. And uh, so we'll look at several different passages here in John chapter 1. And there we go. So we'll read verse, we'll begin in reading in verse number nine. And I know that we probably could start back in verse number one, and we probably should, but just for sake of time, we're going to look at um, several different passages here in John chapter one and kind of dissect a couple um, phrases here. So we'll begin reading here in just first, verse number nine, John chapter one. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came into his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word... Again, do we remember who the, who the Word is? Jesus, okay. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Read these last, uh, these last words here in this verse with me. Ready? Full of grace and truth. I'd like to just spend a little bit of time, if we could put this message into two, two parts. I guess it's kind of a recap of some things that we've already gone over. Many of this, many of this will be... A review, but I'd like to really just the first part of this message focus on full of grace and full of great, full of grace and full of truth. Um, that phrase there, full of grace and truth. Uh, okay, we know that scripture's talking about Jesus. He was the true light that came to the world, and uh, he gave them the power to become the, child, the sons of God, which would be salvation. And the scripture tells us here that he is full of grace. And he's full of truth. And really, I'd like to just focus on those two words for a little bit here. And uh, thank, thank God for his grace. Where would we be without it? Uh, we would be in a world of mess, and we'd be destined to a place called hell. And it's because of his grace. Um, all of us, we have failings, we have weaknesses, we make mistakes, we have flaws. Yet God is great in his mercy, and he extends his grace to us and made a way that all of us can be forgiven for what we have done. Uh, not only that, but he continues to accept us even after we fail. I was just speaking to someone this last week after they got saved, and they were, um, they were talking about, well, what happens when I, when I, what happens when I, when I, when I sin again? What do I need to do? And uh, we went through that as well. And, of course, many of you here tonight know <laughs> it's once saved, always saved. You know, Jesus only had to die once for our sins. And I explained to them Many of you probably have been explained it this way or had to explain it to yourself this way, but it makes perfect sense in my mind. Uh, it's just like the relationship with my kids. When they do something wrong, okay, when I have, a, when I, next time we see each other, there's an awkward, uh, there's an awkward conversation where they don't even want to look at me in the eyes. I'll say, hey, look at me. Well, I don't want to because I'm in trouble. Um, and then once the punishment, which we're getting to that, the truth, uh, once the punishment is over with, there's a hug, that relationship is restored. And so I had, uh, was telling the person, I said, hey, we can't be sinless, but we can sin less. 
um, as a Christian and with the, the, the truth in our, in our hearts. And so um, grace and truth, really, they seem to be two opposing things, and so they are. But the truth says that the, right, the wages of sin is what? Death, okay? So while mercy says that our sins have been cast into the depths of the sea, never to be remembered by God, and the truth is um, the wages of sin is death, but then the grace is but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Um, our problem, sometimes we could err on one side or the other, right? So we can emphasize the grace of God, um, and I have been there at times in my life where maybe uh, I abuse his grace. Uh, I say, oh, you know, I know we're flawed people. He's never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us, and he always forgives. And then we downplay, we downplay or minimize the truth of God's judgment. Um, and, you know, grace is not a, a, liberty, uh, a liberty to sin. It is um, his grace that, um, that pardons us. But we emphasize the truth, right, how we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God and how sin separates us and how sin cannot be in his presence, okay? So we will emphasize the grace part, say, oh, he'll forgive everything. But then sometimes we emphasize the truth. I do this sometimes with other people. Not so much with myself, but I'll emphasize the truth and say, oh, you got to answer for that, um, right? And, uh, you know, that your sin can't be hidden and uh, that stinks in the nostrils of God. And we downplay, maybe to minimize the, the truth of, of God's grace. And what I'm saying is this, is uh, maybe you've been there or maybe you've known somebody, right, where I can't do anything right. I'm always failing. Um, I, I'm embarrassed to even be in his presence because I'm so, I'm so wicked. And yes, that is the truth but then we forget about his grace. He wants to extend that grace if we live that life of repentance. Can't just walk around and, oh, you know, I have liberty to do whatever I want, God's gonna forget. There's consequences that come with that sin. And um, Miss Janet was just telling me that uh, last Saturday she was watching um, something on, uh, biblically something, and it was about the, what we talked about on Sunday. Uh, she's like, it was like word for word. And uh, she said, just don't talk about Samson tonight because that's what I watched the other day. And that's where we're going. Judges, Judges chapter 13. If you could go there, we'll look at a couple, couple verses in Judges, Judges chapter 13. Uh, Samson was a judge, right? They were the people who were the civil and military leaders of Israel before there were kings. Okay, you didn't inherit being, uh, being a judge from your father. You couldn't be elected. You couldn't buy the position. God appointed the judges. And so think about that as we read through just a short uh, couple verses here about Judges and Samson here that he was appointed by God. Uh, look at verse number 24 in Judges 13. And the woman bare a son and called his name Samson. And the child grew and the Lord blessed him. Okay, now pause there. So Samson was chosen by God to lead Israel. Okay. But let's look at his resume, that many of us know Samson's life that we get to see in Judges here. Somebody give me, give me something that would be, that was not a good thing, that would be on his resume. Okay, um, he went down with the daughters of Philistines. I categorize that, he's a womanizer. He's, he, he got in trouble with, um, with, 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 I heard something back there. Was that the same answer? Someone, okay. Um, but he, right, so he uh, was a womanizer. Uh, I, every time I read that story, too, I don't know if anybody else, this is a bad illustration, okay? Um, but it's almost like when you, I'll use it this way, we'll, we'll watch like some cartoon movie with my kids. We've seen it like 30 times, but every time the part when they're like gonna 
open the door and there's going to be a bad guy there or something. It's like, no, 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 don't open the door. And it's like, it's, it's, it's going to stay the same. But it's like, when I read through Judges and it's like, I see how Samson keeps having this conversation with Delilah and she says, hey, the, uh, what is it that you get your strength? And, you know, he lies to her. I forget the amount of time. But it was like five or six times. Um, and so each time hey, he says, you know, she, in her own, in my words, I guess she says, uh, you know, the, the, the Philistines be upon you. And then he'd break whatever he, she'd tied him up with or whatever. And then it's like, don't you think at least, okay, I know he's a guy, at least after the second time, he would have realized, he would have realized, okay, she's trying, she's trying to defeat me. Um, and he, she, uh, it's just, every time I read that, I'm like, you are a fool. But at the same time, how many times do I, I know the end result, I can see what's happening, but I continue to abuse that grace. And what, I, what I'm leading up to with, with Samson here is he was chosen by God, but he's not living a life that is pleasing to God. Um, and we'll see here, now look at Judges 16. Look at a verse here in Judges 16. I don't mean to just pick these out. We don't have time to go through the whole passage here. But uh, eventually, right, he told her the truth, cut, cut his hair, would cause him to lose his strength. The strength, we know, wasn't in his hair. It was because of God. It was because of his valve as a Nazarite. His, his hair was long. And so they capture him, right? His strength is gone. They capture him. Um, they have him at a party tied to the pillars. They're mocking him. His eyes are plucked out. Okay, he's a slave now. Verse 28 in Judges 16. And we see this prayer that Samson prayed. And Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me. I pray thee and strengthen me. I pray thee only this once, O God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistine for my two eyes. So that is what happened here. God heard his prayer. His strength returns. Um, he killed more, right, in his death than he did in his life. And so even though Samson was a womanizer and he was a liar and so many other things, think about this. God still used him. Uh, even though his, his own sin and his foolishness, he was captured, uh, God didn't cast him away. He heard his prayer when he cried out in repentance. Um, that's the mercy of God that we would call in, uh, the, uh, in, that, in that situation here. But God is full of mercy and he's full of truth, okay? But the truth, okay, there was consequences to Samson's sins. Uh, we could go through a list of them, but I mean, we already talked about many of them. But God uh, answered his prayer, helped him destroy the Philistines. But what happened to Samson? He died in that event. There was still a consequence to his sin. So Jesus is full of mercy and truth. Uh, there's always forgiveness of our sin if we repent. Um, I'm getting ahead of myself, but um, 1 John 1 9, if we, are, if we confess our sins, he's what? He, to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so there's. Always forgiveness if, when we repent of our sin. He's not going to cast us away, but there's always going to be truth, a consequence to that sin. So listen, I'm trying to paint that picture tonight of he's full of grace and he's full of truth, but many times we will harbor on one, whether it's grace or whether it's truth. Um, and so let, now let's think about, let's think about David. Uh, I'd like to, to read all these verses, but we can't. Uh, but Psalm 51, I can't tell you how many times um, probably at least once to two times a week that I'll read through this. Um, and again, we know that's probably the psalm that he wrote after his sin with Bathsheba. But let's think about David for a moment. When he sinned with Bathsheba, I think we all know this, where, was, he, where, uh, uh, was he at where he was supposed to be at? No. Where was he supposed to be at? 
He's you know, supposed, supposed to be at war, at the battle, but he wasn't there. So he's not there, okay, and, he, and we know the story, and he commits adultery with Bathsheba. And again, and I'm not trying to be silly or anything tonight. Um, I think we're all uh, adults in here. I'll, I won't, I'll spare you all the details, but I just, as I read the story, I think about how David was blinded by his own sin, how he started to cover it up. And it's like, listen, by the time you figured out that she was with child, by the time Uriah came back, by the time Uriah went uh, and didn't, uh, he slept at the, the, the door of the king, didn't go uh, be with his wife, went back to battle, delivered his own um, note to be murdered. He was killed, and then by the time he got married, I think you guys are figuring out what I'm saying here. Everybody would have figured out David sinned a long time ago. There was adultery that was involved, but he's trying to cover up the sin. But then David, when he's confronted by Nathan the prophet, David immediately repented, and he cried out for God forgiveness there in Psalm 51. There was mercy for David. Okay? He wasn't removed from being king. Uh, really, honestly, he should have been put to death uh, for his sin. Uh, but David, um, he, he, was, he received, received, received mercy. However, David also received truth. What happened to that child that Bathsheba had? She died, or the child died. And um, then you think about all, that, all the things that happened in David's life. David was still used of God greatly, but there was consequences his whole life. The, the sword uh, never departed from, from his kingdom. His own son tried to rise up against him and so many other things. But you think about all that David went through. We know David as a great man, but he, he sinned greatly. He got mercy, but he also got truth, okay? The mercy of God isn't a liberty to sin, since it's not worth the cost in the end. And I get so frustrated with myself that many times it's like, man, I tried to, you know, I try, you know, we stay away from sin, but so many times I'll get as close as I can to sin. And it's like, this is the very thing that nailed Jesus to the cross. Why am I getting so close to this? Um, and then the many times that, you know, whether it's uh, pride or um, uh, the flesh or whatever it is that creeps into my life and all of a sudden it's like, yeah, there's pleasure in sin for a season, but that season ends and all of a sudden it's like, man, uh, not only did this affect me, and, and, you know, but my, I, it affected my God. It stinks in the nostrils of God and then I have to think, so why, how come, why would I think I'd ever get satisfaction in this sin? There's never, never true satisfaction in that sin. Yeah, there's, there's pleasure in sin for a season, but that, that goes away, and be sure your sin will find you out. And So grace and truth, Jesus was full of both, okay? Don't err too far on one side or the other. Jesus was full of, is, is full of both of them, okay? So um, don't let grace, the grace of God cause you to fall into sin, but also don't let the truth that God hates sin stop you from seeking his forgiveness. And we talked about that already, but people are just, oh, I'm just, I don't even know if I can go into his presence. I don't feel like reading my Bible. I don't feel like praying because I'm so, that's exactly where the devil wanted you to go. It's exactly, he's getting the victory. Um, Proverbs 16:6 says this, by mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. And by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. So by mercy and truth, the iniquity is, is purged. Jesus loves us as we are with our faults, but he doesn't want us to stay in that condition, okay? Um, many people say, oh, I don't have to change anything, you know, it, you know but it's, it's Jesus that does that uh, the change. I think about uh, maybe the first verse that some of you might memorize, but Jesus wept, John eleven thirty five. okay? He had compassion, but Lazarus didn't stay dead. Um, and so Acts, I think of Acts 9, Saul, um, what, was he, what did he do before he was converted to be a Christian? He was a persecutor. He was murdering Christians, um, but you know, he got saved, and um, he, did, he changed, he repented, and he didn't continue in that way. Okay? So again, Jesus is full of mercy 
and he's full of truth. So that's, that's one truth that I want to pull from that part of Scripture. He's full of, uh, full of grace and full of truth. And so let's make sure that we're not abusing, uh, abusing, especially I think many of us could say I've abused his grace over and over and over again. Let's look at verse number 29 here. In the same, uh, Go back to John chapter 1. We'll look at verse number 29 here now. We'll read, we'll, we'll read a lot of these verses here. But the next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I, and I love just looking through this again, talking about there, there we can see he is the eternal God. Uh, right there again, he always has been. Verse 31, And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come, excuse me, baptizing with water. Verse 32, And John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove and abode upon him, and I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, upon whom, uh, said unto me, upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. Verse 35, again, the next day after John stood and two of his disciples, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following, saith unto them, What seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? He saith unto them, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother, Simon, and saith unto him, We have found Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. In verse number 43, the, the day following Jesus would go into Galilee and find a Philip and saith unto him, follow me. Now, I didn't spend a lot of time on that phrase, follow me. We spent a lot of time on come and see. So I'd like to look at uh, really just here, I guess if we could title this section of the message, it would be why everyone should follow Jesus. Why should you follow Jesus? Why should I follow Jesus? And so we see the first two disciples really on record as followers of Jesus. I love this. Um, it was with the fruits of preaching. Uh, what John had lined up and pointed them to Jesus Christ, Jesus comes in and he says, come and see, and they spend time with him, and then they follow him. And uh, we don't really get to see really immediately what they saw that night, but we see the result in Scripture that they stayed, and they, they went with him that night, they abode with him, and they were um, blessed because of them being close to Jesus. But Jesus is the, the Lamb of God. Uh, and really, I think about it, just that simple message that we talked about several weeks ago. What a, what a great message that that is for us today to tell people, Jesus is the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. That right there, just preaching that simple, profound truth, um, that's the good news. That's the gospel. So Jesus, the sin bearer, uh, something we can see that was stirred up in Andrew. I don't want to belabor too much tonight on this. We spoke many, uh, much about this. Uh, but Andrew and his companion, they began to follow Jesus. Uh, we believe that other disciple to be John the Beloved. I'm not completely sure about that, but we can maybe think that would be. Uh, but Jesus asked him that question, what seek ye? 
Um, what, what, are you, what are you doing? What are you following? And, and that's the first question really here in this John chapter 1 here. If you look, this is really the first uh, mention that Jesus, his words are being recorded here in the gospel. It's his first words of ministry. What are you looking for? Um, if we could kind of, I don't want to read between the lines, I don't want to come with my own interpretation, but really, so many questions really just in that. What seek ye? I want to ask you tonight, what are you, what are you seeking? Are you seeking for peace? Are you seeking for, uh, a, um, you know, he's going to give you, he's going to give you that peace? Are you seeking for strength? How many of you could use a little bit more strength, um, especially right now as you're falling asleep? No, but we can, we can all use strength day by day. I don't know about you, but sometimes when something, something happens, uh, it's like, man, what else? It almost be easier to say, what is going right right now? That almost be a better question to ask. Maybe you're feeling like that right now, but who's the one that brings the peace? Jesus Christ. Maybe you're seeking strength. Uh, maybe you're seeking for help with uh, trying to get over, overcoming something in your life. He's going to give you the power. Uh, he's going to make you be triumphant. Uh, are you seeking answers to maybe some problems? He's going to give you wisdom and understanding as we go to the Word of God. And you think about just what, what, are, you, what are you seeking? Um, are you seeking the things of this world? Uh, they'll bring you some happiness and some pleasure for a little bit, but it, will, it won't last very long. But are you seeking? Are you seeking Christ? And so why should everybody follow Follow Jesus. Um, let's look at um, a couple more verses here. Verse 45, uh, John 1, 45. <clears throat> Philip findeth Nathanael, saith unto him, we have found him. I, I, again, I talked about this, we talked about this on Sunday, but just put yourself in their situation. They have been waiting for this, and he's here. Um, and just, anyways, Philip findeth Nathanael, saith unto him, we have found him, of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip saith unto him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him, and saith of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. Nathanael saith unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered unto him, Before that, uh, before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Nathanael answered and saith unto him, uh, him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, believest thou, thou shalt see greater things than these. And so if we can, I'm going to give you just three points very quickly that we can um, apply really here tonight, and then we'll look at them in more detail. Um, they all start with the letter A, uh, but there are three reasons why I should follow Christ. Uh, number one, because he is aware of us. He's aware of us. Um, the other, I'll give you the other two, and then we'll move on uh, to back to number one. But he's also, he's available to us uh, at any time. It's not, I'm so thankful that we don't have to uh, wait for a certain time. We don't have to go to a church. We don't have to go to a pastor. We don't have to roll out a rug. <laughs> we can go to him at any time. He's available to us 24-7 uh, every single day of the year. Uh, and also, not only is he only aware of us, he's available to us, but he is adequate for us. Now, how do you get an A? <laughs> It's, he's more than adequate, okay? Uh, he is above and beyond. Maybe that's what we could do. He's above and beyond all that we could ask or think. But I want you to know tonight, friend, Christian, Jesus is very much aware of you. We just talked about it a couple minutes ago when you think, oh man, what else can go wrong? You know what another thing that whispers in my ear? You're the only one that goes through this. Nobody cares. Uh, nobody, nobody's thinking about you right now. Jesus is very aware of you. And in fact, he knew you long before anybody ever thought of you. Uh, he is very much aware of you. So Philip went to Nathaniel to tell him about Jesus. And again, we talked about it on Sunday. But Jesus gives a report. 
tells some things about Nathaniel, and Nathaniel's surprised by the greeting of Jesus that he already knew him, and he says there's going to be greater things. Um, Psalm 38, verse 9, David writes this psalm. He says, Lord, all my desire is before thee, and my groaning is not hid from thee. Jesus is very much aware of what you're going through, whether it's good, whether it's bad. But when was the last time that you talked to him about it? He's aware of it. When was the last time you went to him and asked him for that strength, for that peace that passeth all understanding? Um, John, in uh, John, a couple chapters later, records how uh, the disciples, they stood at the well outside Samaria, and I think all of us know the story, but just in case maybe someone's new to this, right, the Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans and vice versa. They always went the longer route. They would always go around Samaria, but in there it says that Jesus, it's recorded there in Scripture that he must needs go through Samaria. Uh, we could take uh, an account that probably would be to talk to this woman at the well, and uh, so Jesus, right, you know the story. She's drawn from the well, and um, she, he said that, you know, if, if you would have asked me of the water that I could give, you'd never thirst again. And uh, give me this water that, that you talk about. And um, he said, well, go get, your, go get your husband. I don't have a husband. He said, thou hast well said I have no husband, for thou hast have five, the one that you're with right now, uh, it's not, you're not even married to. And later in that scripture, I love about it, is after the Samaritan woman receives this living water that she'll never thirst again. What does she do? She goes back to her hometown, and what does she say? She says, I'm going to misquote it here, but basically, come see a man that told me all that I've ever done. <laughs> uh, and uh, he, he, she, uh, and I'm not saying we're categorizing man tonight, but surely her um, reputation would not have been good, but then she's bringing people to Christ and said, come see the man uh, that told me all that I've ever done, and he's given me water that I'll never thirst again. Can we do this? Um, hold your place there in John. Uh, actually, I don't know if we'll come back, but just in case, hold your place there. Go over to Job chapter 23. I want, to see, I want you to see a couple of verses here in, in Job 23. Verse number 8, let's read a couple verses here. Verse 8, Job 23, Behold, I go forward, but he is not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand, that I cannot see him. Now, as you, as you read this, again, don't forget about all that what Job is going through. Uh, but he's feeling like he, you know, he's looking everywhere and he can't find, can't find God. But look at verse number 10. I love this. But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. He said, I looked in front of me, God wasn't there. I, looked, I sought behind me, God wasn't there. I searched on the left side, I searched on the right side, I could not find him. But then Job says the, a comforting truth that we can say tonight that maybe sometimes, he says, I don't know where God is, but I know he knows where I am. He's very aware of us. Um, trust God even when you can't trace him. And I'm not saying that God is hiding himself and we can't find him, but there are some times, many of you could probably raise your hand and give testimony tonight, that you felt all alone. And uh, what you were going through, you felt like you couldn't, but it, again, I, I, silly, silly illustration. I've heard this years ago and it just stuck with me, but uh, the old pickup trucks, they had the bench seats, right? And a uh, newly couple gets married and the wife is sitting really close to the husband as they drive down the road. Fast forward 5, 10, 15 years down the road, right? Now the wife is all the way up, face up against the glass of the passenger window. And uh, she says, I remember when we used to sit super close in the car. And what's the husband say? I never moved. I never moved. It was you that moved. And such a silly little story. But when, we, when you get to a place where you're like, I don't know where God is, 
He never moved. It was us that moved. It was us that turned and went, and uh, our eyes got taken off of Christ. And uh, trust God even when you can't trace him. And <laughs> he's right where you left him. Um, but Jesus is not only aware of us, he is there for us. So he's aware of us, but he is available to us as well. And uh, he's available, and this is what I love. I think we've talked a little bit about this, and we'll get to it more in the Gospel of John. But uh, now that uh, in the Gospel of talks, or in the Gospel of John, he says it is it's paramount. It's 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 important that I leave uh, because the one that, com- that is coming is is greater than. And he's talking about the Holy Spirit. And you think about that when they were on this earth, when they speak to Jesus Christ. When they're speaking to Jesus Christ, you know, Matthew's talking to Jesus, and then Luke comes up, interrupts. Well, now Jesus is talking to Luke, not talking to Matthew, but now we have the great comforter, uh, and he is available to us at any time. And I love when I hear many people praying in a room, you can't understand everything, but we have a guy that understands each of those things, and he even understands when we don't even know how to put it into words. Um, but we have the confidence in God that, and um, that he, um, he is the one that is, he is aware and he's available to us. And then lastly, lastly, let's go to, oh, I'm all messed up here. Hmm, page missing, that's okay. But Nathaniel was surprised when Jesus greeted him as the man who sat under the fig tree. Jesus said, don't, uh, man, you, you, you don't be surprised by just that omniscience. There's going to be so much greater things that's going to surprise you. And John's gospel is filled with evidence that proves Jesus is more than adequate for us in every situation. If I could just rattle a few of these off, uh, you, you probably won't have time to write all these down, and we're going to come to these in our, in our study through the Gospel of John. But literally, it's shown in the very first, uh, in every chapter, we're told you know, th- that God he is more than adequate for us. The Word, which was God, was made flesh and dwelt among us there in uh, um, the ver- chapter 1, verse 14. Uh, chapter 2, verse 9, he showeth forth his glory at the marriage feast there by turning the, uh, the, the water into wine. Chapter 3, uh, the, the Pharisee and the ruler of the Jews, they declared, Rabbi, we, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Chapter 4, he is the source of living water to all that ask of him. In Romans 5, he shows his adequacy to heal uh, a man that had not walked in 38 years by telling him to rise and take up thy bed and walk. Chapter 6, he, he multiplied a, a few small loaves and, uh, and two little fishes to feed thousands and thousands of followers. And as, we, as I just read these, it's, it's very easy. It's very easy just, yeah, I already knew that. I've read that before. But think about this. Stop and think about this. Is, this is the God that we serve today. Uh, it's the same God. He's adequate to, suffice, uh, to satisfy the thirst of the soul of man. Um, there in John 7, verse 37, 38, in the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of the belly shall flow rivers of living water. In John 8, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. In John 9, he gives sight to someone who was born blind. In John 10, he reveals himself as the good shepherd, and he gives life to the sheep. John 11, 
uh, verses 25, 26, it says that Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, uh, thou, uh, he, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Uh, chapter 12 pictures him as the king of the Jews, triumphantly entering Jerusalem on the colt of a donkey. And he prophesied centuries before uh, by Zechariah. John 13 uh, talks about how if you love one another, I have loved you, that you also love one another. He's our example. Uh, John 14, it shows that he is more than enough. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Uh, without him, we could do nothing. But if we abide in him, we're going to bring forth much fruit, as he tells us in John 15. And in John 16, he's the comforter. He's the Holy Ghost. He's the one who leads us into all truth. He's the intercessor for the church in chapter 17. And in chapter 18, uh, Jesus' kingdom is not of this world, according uh, there in 18. Uh, his sacrifice takes away the sin of the world in chapter 19. Uh, in, in chapter 20, he's the first fruits of the resurrection. In chapter 20, he's the restorer of fallen disciples. And whatever, whatever you need, Whenever you need and wherever you need anything, Jesus is more than adequate. He's more than adequate. So let me just encourage you tonight, as I encourage myself to say, why do I keep thinking I can have answers somewhere else? Why do I think if I go to talk about it to this one, I'm not saying that you don't go and ask someone to pray about it, but many times Jesus is the last one that we go to. I used to joke all the time uh, with some people that I knew um, in North Carolina. We had a, a, a joke because it seemed like we knew a lot of people that would, <laughs> they didn't know the song, I Must Tell Jesus. They knew the song, I Must Tell Facebook. Uh, they had to tell all their problems to Facebook, but I don't know if they were telling their problems uh, to Jesus. Say, Caleb, you're judging. Yes, I was. Just don't judge me for judging, okay? But Paul's sitting in a Roman prison cell. Go, here, I, I lied. One more place and we're going to be done. Philippians chapter 4. Uh, Paul's sitting here in the Roman prison cell and he testified. He's recording uh, some things that he's learned. Uh, Philippians chapter 4. Flip it over there if you could, please. And then we'll be done in just two more hours. Oh, man. My uh, wife and mother-in-law will not be happy downstairs with all the kids for two more hours, especially the ones that end in schnur. But uh, starting at verse 11 here, not that I speak in respect of want, for I've learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Remember, remember where he is. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me, notwithstanding ye have well done that ye did con communicate with my affliction. Now we Philippians, uh, uh, Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church com communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica ye sent once again, once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account, but I have all and abound. I am full, having received of uh, Ephroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice, acceptable, well-pleasing to God. And look at verse number 19. But my God shall supply some of your needs, all your need, according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I'm glad it's his riches and not mine. I'm glad it's not someone else. I'm glad it's his riches. Paul knew, don't, don't forget, Paul knew what it was like to live a life of luxury and live a life that wasn't so luxurious. And he's saying here, God will supply all of my needs. 
And uh, God is more than adequate. He's available, he's aware of you, and he's more than adequate. I believe that Jesus is more than adequate to help us with any change that we need to make in our life. Uh, Many times we like to tell the Lord about other people who need to change. Lord, change them, change their heart, change them in this situation. No, Lord, change me. I know it's going to be painful. (laughs) I know I might not like it every step of the way, but Lord, I, I need to change. So why should we follow Jesus? He's aware of our need, he's available for our need, and he's adequate for our need. He is a savior that you can trust. What do you say? He said, come unto me all that labor and all that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And that's why we need to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and we need to follow him. We looked at how he's full of grace, he's full of truth. Don't abuse that grace, don't forget about that truth. But then he said, follow me. Why should we follow him? And uh, he is more more than enough. And that's when I kind of start kicking myself. Why did I think I was going to get any satisfaction over here with the very thing that nailed him to that cross? Lord, help me. Help me to get my life in order. Change me, Lord, and help me to have a Psalm 51 experience like David had. And I know there's going to be some truth that comes along with that sin, but Lord, please extend that grace to me and let me restore that relationship with you once again. Let's pray. Heavenly Father God, I pray that just as we're dismissed tonight, Lord, I pray that maybe uh, the word that was was read tonight, Lord, maybe it would be a comfort to someone, it would be a challenge. Lord, I pray that it would be edifying uh, to them. And Lord, I just I think about how, how good you are. And Lord, many times we could focus much, much on the good and we forget about the truth, Lord. And help us not to abuse your grace. Help us not to abuse your goodness. Help us to live a life that's pleasing to you. Help us to live a life that is an example to those around us. Help us not to be a stumbling block to those that aren't Christians or maybe young Christians, Lord. Uh, help us to, uh, to, in everything, glorify and honor you. And we ask these things in your precious name. Amen.